prompted. Uh, the, the title is called God Speaking, and then uh, we'll be under the section heading uh, Alive, Not Dead. And so we'll, we'll, we'll get there in just a moment. Just so you know, all of our Bible studies are archived on our website at lighthousediscipleship.org. <coughs> Excuse me, let me say that again, at lighthousediscipleship.org, as well as our YouTube channel at Lighthouse Discipleship Center. And uh, we just think, uh, um, anyway, you can follow all of our Bible studies on there. That's where they're archived. And we thank you for our partners who have uh, partnered with us on our website at lighthousediscipleship.org. <coughs> all right. So like I said, um, we are talking talk about effortless change. Effortless change sounds like a strange title. And what does that mean? What does that have to do with? We're talking about really having a relationship with God through the Word. And so... Um, you know, the Word of God is like a seed. And when we abide in Him, when we abide in God, the, the, the vine, you know, His life in and through us will begin to change us from the inside out. The behaviors, the attitudes, the thoughts that we think will become the fruit versus uh, when the root is right, the fruit will be good. You know, if you're having a fruit problem, usually you have a root problem. And so uh, we're not going about... Uh, Fruit picking, we're going about life transformation from the inside out. Now, don't get me wrong, there's, there's effort, <coughs> but the effort is to be in God's Word. The effort is to be in relationship with God. The effort is to, uh, again, abide with Him in a relationship with God through the Word, and we can expand more on that. It's also based on the parable of the sower. You know, and we haven't really got into that part of it yet, but in the parable of the sower, you have. Um, the seed, God's word, being sown in four different kinds of soil. The seed is the same. The word of God is the same. But the soil determines whether that seed is going to be, <coughs> excuse me, fruitful and effective. You don't see, you know, we, here in Camarillo, California, we see a, there was a lot of farms nearby. And we don't, when we drive by, we don't see those, those, those farms struggling to produce fruit. Now we do see the farmers working out there and they plow the ground, they, they plant their seeds, they water, they, they do all the farming that's necessary. Uh, so there's not work involved. But the seed, when you do the farming right, when they're abiding right in good soil and being harvested right, they're, it, it, they produce on their own. God's already commanded the seed to produce fruit of their own kind in Genesis 1.11. So, anyway, so there is effort, but it's his nature, it's his seed, it's his spirit, it's his word, his words that he said is spirit and life. Paul said, uh, you know, it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who, uh, who lives in me. And the life I live, I live by the faith of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul had a revelation that it's no longer him who's living, but it's Christ who's living in him. The effort, you know, the Bible talks about we have to labor to enter that rest. And that sounds like an oxymoron. How can you labor to rest? I don't know about you, but sometimes I labor to get to bed at night, <laughs> you know. And so uh, there's sometimes a labor to enter into that rest. There's a mind shift. There's uh, the promise from Isaiah 26, 3, that he will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him. There is an effort to keep our mind stayed upon him. To, to be plugged in, to be abide in Him, but in His when we are when we do His nature, His life 
begins to change us from the inside out, like a fruit tree. <coughs> Excuse me. Anyway, uh, my wife's going to read for us. We're in chapter 3 if you have a book. If not, we'll read it to you. The chapter 3 is entitled God Speaking. And then uh, we're at the top section heading installed, Alive, Not Dead. Some folks say, well, I want God to just to speak to me outside of his word. I don't need that. I really believe that God inspired people to write down his word. Many others have given their lives to preserve it. Many people take God's word for granted. They don't respect and honor it for what it is, God speaking to us. That's why they don't get the benefit out of it that I do. Believe me, God's word has everything in it that you need to succeed. If we would simply do what the word says and meditate on it day and night, we would prosper and have good success, Joshua 1.8. The average person doesn't believe the truth that God's word contains everything necessary for success. That's why they don't meditate on the word of God day and night which is the reason they're not prospering and succeeding more than they are. Many Christians don't honor the word of God by looking at it as literally God speaking to them. When they read it, they do it more out of religious obligation and duty. They don't read the word expecting God to speak to them. When I open up the word of God, I literally view it as God's talking to me, and he does. These are the... Our, Excuse me. These are living words. The Bible is alive. It's not dead. Hebrews 4.12. There's a difference between this book and any other book. That's why I choose not to read very much else. I might read one or two other books in a year, and that's mainly because I have so many people pressing me to read their book. Usually these books have been written by people I like and know that they have some good things to say. However, my supreme desire is for the Word. Everything I need is right there in the Word of God. A man came up to me recently at one of my meetings in California. He told me that he had really enjoyed the ministry, that the message blessed him, and that he hadn't heard the truths I had shared that day before. Since he was a scientist, he told me, you ought to read this and that book about science in the Bible. Then you could get to where you could come at the Bible from a scientific perspective and answer all of these questions and so forth. He gave me several books and really wanted me to read them. Finally, because this man kept pushing me so hard, I had to push back. I didn't do it out of anger or anything like that. I just told him, the way people learn how to recognize counterfeit money isn't by studying all of the counterfeits. There are so many different ways to counterfeit money that you just can't learn every counterfeit. Instead, the people who are going to be on the front lines of deciding which bills are counterfeit or not are given the real thing. They study the grain, the weight, the texture, the look, everything about genuine bills. In the process, they become so familiar with the, with the real that they're able to instantly recognize a counterfeit. That's how I feel <coughs> excuse me, about God and His Word. I'm just going to become so familiar with God through His Word that I don't have to go to this person over here or learn this, that, and these other things. I'm just going to become so single-minded, so focused on the Word of God, that I don't have all these supplemental things. I don't have to have all these supplemental things. Okay, keep going. <coughs> I realize that this is a departure from how most people live. 
Most people advocate reading a book a week, a book a month, or something like that. I'm not saying that's wrong or of the devil. I'm just saying that there is a definite difference between anybody else's book and the Word of God. I've written books. In fact, you're reading one right now. So it's obvious I'm not against books. But there is a difference between my books and the Word of God. The only reason I like my books as much as I do is because they're crammed full of the Word of God. Actually, my purpose in writing books is simply to explain truths and share personal examples in order to help people understand the Word of God. However, it wouldn't bother me one bit if you bypassed all of my books and just meditated on the Word of God day and night. You'd be better off. Take God's Word. Meditate on it day and night. Get to where the Word of God is more real to you than the person sitting next to you on the bus. When you're at work, even though you interact with people and do your job well, may the truth be that you're constantly thinking about scriptures and what God is speaking to you. Meditate on God's word and try to relate it to different circumstances and situations. If you would do that, you would prosper more accidentally than you ever have on purpose. Okay, uh, I know that was a long uh, couple sections there. Uh, but we were talking about, you know, Effortless change. We're talking about the previous chapter. We were talking about meditating God's word, and here we're talking about God speaking. And how does how does God speak? I think He speaks a number of different ways. But Andrew brings out God speaks through His word, and as Andrew brings out, some people don't read it from a perspective of God speaking to you. You know, uh, Andrew does. I do. I probably don't do as much as I should, but God is speaking to me to the word, and God taught. I, I think I shared last week, but. God has taught me how, to, back in 1988, God began to teach me how to study the Word of God. I had some good pastors and teachers that also helped with that. But I'll never forget that one prayer night when God told me how to read the Word. And He told me before, when I sit down to read, to pray, Holy Spirit, teach me. <coughs> God taught me that. You know? Now, some people are like, well, I want God to talk to me like He talked to you. And I, I can concur with that. At the same point in time, God speaks to you through His Word. Okay? I don't always have uh, conversations like I did that one night. And not that God's not available. But God is speaking and God has spoken uh, through His Word. And so, you know, you know how, you're like, how do you have a relationship with a book? I don't look at it as a book. It's not the ink that's that's the, the word of God. The, the, the word of God is a person. His name is Jesus. <coughs> and I feel like Jesus is talking to me. Now, I know some people really love the words written in red, those Bibles who have red letter ink for the words of Jesus. And I get that, and, I, and I, I'm with you. At the same point in time, I see all of it as God speaking to me. Because Jesus is the word. And so, and the word became flesh. And so... And Jesus said, have you seen me? You've seen the Father. So, you know, anyway, my point is, you know, have a relationship with God's Word. <coughs> Excuse me, there's more things I can uh, extravagate from here. But before I go there, I just want to see if Sherry has anything to share. You know, there's been times when I've just been so hungry for the Word of God that it's it's just the forefront of my mind when I wake up before I go to bed I just I, I I'm so hungry for it it's like when you're physically hungry you want to eat food uh, but it's a, a spiritual hunger 
and I love those times. And yet there are also some times when I feel dry and it doesn't even occur to me to pick up the Word of God and read it. And those times, it's kind of like I'm in the, in the desert and, and I physically and emotionally and mentally, I, I really notice the devastation it has on my life. I'm, I'm quick to, to anger. <laughs> um, I get frustrated more easily. I have less patience. But I remember a time when, I, this was years ago at a women's Bible study, and we were encouraging each other to read the Word of God. And I remember one lady speaking up and say, well, I just, I don't have a desire. And I don't remember who in the group, if it was me or all of us or who, someone, but we said, we, we need to all pray for ourselves and each other that we have that desire to read God's Word. And as a, a whole that the group of ladies did and I mean it was so quick that uh, that lady turned around the next time we had a meeting and said oh my gosh I am so in love with God's Word and when Dave mentioned earlier about laboring to enter into the rest and you're kind of thinking why do we labor to rest you know it, it's a choice to start out you know when we can look at Andrew and be like, oh my gosh, he's a mighty man of God. He's always in the word. And, you know, he just shared a section about how much he loves God's word above anything else. And a lot of people might be jealous or be like, well, he must be a super duper. I don't know how he can get like that. You know, I must not be a very good Christian. But Andrew's example, you know, if you remember his testimony or know his testimony, you know, he, he went through a season of just seeking God um, and just falling in love with God's Word. And then he, he went to, was it Vietnam, I think? And, you know, he had a lot of time on his hands. And so he just, he, you know, read the Word of God and devoured it. And it changed his life. I, you, Andrew couldn't be where he was today if he hadn't had made that choice and chose to have a relationship with God and chose to be in the Word. And sometimes we do have to labor to make the choice. No, this is the decision I'm making now to get in God's Word. And I encourage you to, to just seek the Lord and pray, Lord, help me to hide the Word in your heart. You know, so many times in Scripture, it says for us to be in the Word or like David says, he, he, he loves the Word of God. You know, there's, there's verses about loving the law or the Word of God so much that it helps you not to be offended. There's, and I'm paraphrasing, uh, there's the word I think Dave quoted a week or so ago about hiding God's Word in our hearts so we don't sin against Him. Uh, so many times, like in Joshua and, and different places, says to, to just be in the Word and meditate on it. Uh, you know, it's so beneficial. You know, I have a, a, a brother who's not really walking with the Lord. And at one time years ago, he had said he doesn't need to know God by reading the Word. Uh, he just needs to go uh, out in nature and yes, creation does magnify the Lord and proclaim uh, our Creator. But how do you get to know someone 
without taking the, the time to talk with them and have them speak to you. I remember when Dave and I, even before we began courting, um, when we started getting to know each other, we would stand outside church just talking for like an hour after service, just getting to know each other. And yes, God knows everything about us, but we don't know everything about God. And it's just like any relationship, any uh, significant other or any friendship, you get to know them. And the, the wonderful thing about being this side of the cross is we have the written word of God. You know, uh, before in the Old Testament, even before Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible, they didn't have the written word. Yet there were so many of them that had relationship with God. They talked with God and God talked with them back. And that's awesome. So we just can't say enough how important it is to have a relationship with God. And because he has given us his written word, that's a wonderful way to get to know him. You know, the, the, uh, this section was all about God's words alive. It's not dead. It's not. Uh, it's a person. And I love this last paragraph of, of Andrews that we read. Take God's word, meditate on it day and night. Get to where the word of God is more real to you than the person sitting next to you on the bus. When you're at work, even though you interact with people and do, and do your job well, may the truth be that you're constantly thinking about scriptures and what God is speaking to you. Meditate on God's word and try to relate to relate it to different circumstances and situations. If you will do that, you would uh, prosper more accidentally than you ever have on purpose. You know, God's word can change your life if you will meditate on it day and night. I mean, there's times I'm, I'm meditating on God's Word. There's times I, I'm teaching God's Word in my dreams. There was a time when I was in Mexico and God just gave me a dream over and over again of preaching the same message and I didn't have no plan of <coughs> preaching on that particular trip at that particular time. And the next morning I actually got invited at an impromptu pastor's meeting and was asked to speak as I walked in the door, and I knew exactly what to preach because God just gave me the message the night before and I was able to preach it. That's a little different, and that probably doesn't apply to what I'm talking about here. But we can meditate on God's Word all the time, uh, you know. And uh, just be, but I like that phrase when he said, let it become more real to you than the person sitting next to you. You know, the Word of God is real. It's alive. It's not just a book. Jesus is not just a good teacher. He's alive. And he's on the inside of you, but he's also speaking to you through his word. And that's awesome. It, it is awesome. You know, when you have God's word in your heart, you know, David shared uh, before his testimony of, of working um, uh, retail jobs. And even in stocking shelves or helping customers or whatever, He'll be meditating on God's word all day long and just having conversations with God. And I love that. I love that about Dave. I 
and I was bringing it up for a reason, but it, I, it just went poop out uh, the window. But, you know, this effortless change that we're talking about, that the more effort you put into relationship with God, the more this effortless change comes and it's, it'll transform your life for the, for the better. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, uh, let's keep reading. Let's read, uh, I think that's titled the real thing. Uh, give, right? a, that's where we're at? give attention. Okay. Yeah. We read the real thing. Okay. Give attention. Okay. Let's go ahead and read out the chapter. Proverbs says, my son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Attend to my words simply means give attention. You've been in school before when the teacher was up there talking, and even though you were looking straight at her, you weren't attending to her words. The words were going in one ear and out the other. You were daydreaming. Your focus was somewhere else. Likewise, many people go through the motions of reading passages of scripture without truly attending to the words they are reading. You could probably read an entire chapter of the word in no time and then close your Bible as soon as you're done. But if I immediately came up to you and asked, what chapter were you reading? What book of the Bible was it in? You wouldn't even have a clue. You certainly couldn't tell me what you read. I'm not trying to condemn you. I just want you to realize how often you fail to attend to his words. You know, you know, I like that section. It reminds me, I want to say 2004-ish, we were at a church and we learned this neat little uh, personal Bible study tool trick. I don't know how you, what uh, you call it, but... It, it's spelled out SOAP, S-O-A-P, and it's, it's a way to help really attend, uh, as Andrew was saying, to the Word of God, where you write out a scripture, that's the S, and then you write out the observation you have regarding that scripture, O, and then for A, you apply it to your life. How can I apply this to my life? You know, Dave just quoted uh, in Isaiah about he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. You know, if you had written that verse out and then you made an observation, wrote down your observation, and then you'd be like, okay, how do I apply this to my life? Well, I'll have perfect peace if my mind is stayed on them. So I'm going to, you know, attend to this word and... You know, think about it while I'm driving. Think about it while I'm washing dishes. You know, thinking about it while, you know, you're doing this, that, or the other thing. And then the, the P in, in SOAP stands for prayer. You pray basically that verse over your life. And it's, and it's a neat real, it's, to me it's a neat little tool to have in your belt to get you not only into the Word of God, but help you apply what Andrew is saying about attending to God's word. And it, it's a it's a neat way to, to help you meditate on, on it as well. You know, I like the verse that he quotes from Proverbs 4.20. My son, incline your word. Uh, my, my son, attend to my words and incline thy ear unto my words. You know, you can listen and not listen. <laughs> and, you know, well, we can do that. <laughs> Uh, we can do that with other people. It's called selective hearing, you know. Uh, but uh, 
there's a difference between uh, hearing what someone that someone's talking and then inclining your ear to what they're saying. You know, we we need to pay attention to what God's saying. Jesus said multiple times, "Let him who has ears let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church." <coughs> Excuse me. You know, and then then he goes on to say, talk about how you know uh, many people just go through the motions of reading the Word of God and try to get it through done in a year. And I'm all, I'm all for reading the Bible through a year. I'm all for following the Bible program I have all my life, and that's actually how I got to one of my most intimate times with the Lord back in '88. I was just talking, referring to, but and I, you know, I grew up reading the Word of God, and I was uh, uh, and, uh, strongly encouraged by my parents to do so. And some of that time, and my, you know, this was no one else's fault but mine. But some of that time, I just went through the motions. <clears throat> but even though I went through the motions, I'm glad I had that discipline because I, I got to know the Word of God. Now, my heart wasn't always in the right spot, but I'm glad I still had God's Word, His seed, going into my heart because it's a seed. Now, that seed's not going to come into full fruition unless I, 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 give my, I get, put my heart into it. You know, <clears throat> excuse me, there's a lot of things you can do to, to rush and speed read the Bible. You know, it, 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 in one sense of the word, it, it accomplishes nothing just to get it done for the day. At the same point in time, it's still a seed, and so I, I'm, I'm okay, I'm, I'm glad you're doing something versus nothing. At the same point in time, I think it's more, you know, you need to climb your ear to God's word and listen what he has to say. I believe that's what God was trying to teach me back in 1988. He says, you're reading through the Bible. But you're not getting it. <laughs> you're not. You're just speed reading. You're just marking it off your chore list for the day. He says you you need to pause, slow down, and listen to what I'm saying. And we need to listen. In some ways, it would be e better if you read one verse a day, or even a portion of a verse, depending on the context and the verse. But and to meditate on that day and night, then it would be to speed read and not, not retain one thing you just read. You know, we need to listen to God's Word. We need to attentively listen. We need to be eager to listen. You know, um, it just, uh, it's, it's life and health to you. It's, it's, you have the, I like, I think Sherry used the word choice. To have the mindset, I'm going to take it seriously. And I want to hear what God has to say. You know, we have some pastor friends of ours who, at a larger church, people will come to them for counseling and for prayer, and they're more than willing to counsel and pray and encourage and all that good stuff. <coughs> but one particular story I heard, and I don't know if I have all the story right, but someone came to them for prayer for counseling, and they, they asked, well, where are you, you know, what what does the word of God say about this? What what are you studying right now regarding this? And if so, well, we're we're not. We just want to hear what you have to say. And it was I think it was actually the pastor's wife who said, "You go home and study, and then after you study for a little while, then you can come make an appointment and talk to me." It's not like we're pushing people away, but at the same point in time, we you know if if we are going to value a pastor or someone else, what they have to say over the Word of God, something is backwards. 
Praise God for pastors. Praise God for teachers and, and counselors and, and, and friends and, and what family. And no one's boycotting that, but we need to prioritize the Word of God and it be our main source of help. I understand some people don't even know where to start, what to look. Part of that has been because you don't have any relationship with the Word of God. And if you would, you would have some type of idea. But at the same point in time, I understand that. But my point is that we need to prioritize. We need to incline our word. We need to make it a lifestyle of meditating on God's word day and night. You know, <coughs> there's the verse about the Berean church who studied to uh, to see if these be, things be so. You know, pastors and teachers and of the, the fivefold ministry. Uh, the, those who God has anointed, yes, they are God's anointed. God has chosen them and called them for these gifts specifically. And yes, they are to shepherd uh, the, the sheep. But if we each personally don't have a relationship with God, you know, it, the word says that the, the sheep know his voice. And how are we to know God's voice when he's speaking to us if we don't personally have a relationship? You know, I, I went through a season, I think I've shared this before, where, <laughs> where I relied first, uh, before I was married, I relied on my dad's relationship with God. And then after I was married, I relied a lot on Dave's relationship with God before I understood how important it was that I myself have a relationship with God. And, you know, Dave has said so many times that God doesn't just speak, I'm speaking it as Dave, God doesn't just speak to me, Sherry, he also speaks to you too. And we need to realize that God speaks to all of us. But like Dave has just shared, you know, God gave us ears to hear, but if we're not listening, um, you know, this, this story that Dave shared about the person going to the, the pastor and the pastor's wife and asking for, for wisdom and counsel and then saying, well, you know, I just want to hear what you have to say and not get into God's word, uh, so to speak. You know, that, that's a little scary to me because, yes, pastors are God's anointed, but we're all human. You know, what if, what if I had an off day or I was walking in the flesh and, and someone came up to me for counsel and I gave them the wrong counsel because I was in the, the wrong frame of mind. And what if that caused them to make you know, a bad decision? You know, I'm not saying that uh, happens all the time. You know, I, I can walk away from, from counseling someone and encouraging them to know when I'm having a spirit-led response to them or walking in the flesh because I wasn't paying attention to what God wanted me to say. I don't want to get off, off track. It's just so important that each one of us has that relationship with God's Word. So many times I've been in so many situations where I've needed a word from God and he will bring a, a verse to remembrance that I really needed. You know, years ago, my uh, this was 
just around the time I met Dave, but my dad had led a Bible study before church, and he had encouraged each of us to memorize a certain scripture, and I mean, gosh, that's over 20 years ago, and yet the other day it came to mind when I really needed it, and I probably haven't thought of that verse in a long time, but you know, that's just an example of God's word God himself speaking to us. You know, um, I had a thought. Um, I just like shared it. I'm trying to get it back. But, you know, I, as a pastor, as a teacher, I'm not interested in teaching on anything I can't use scripture to support it with. Um, you know, Andrew talks about how uh, there's scripture in books. And, and he says, don't prize my book, my books over the word of God. You know, I'm not interested in reading Christian books uh, that they don't use uh, scripture. There's some Christian books I've read, they don't use any scripture. I'm not interested in hearing someone's philosophy. I'm interested in hearing the word of God because I can't put faith in your philosophy. I can't put faith in your opinion. I can only put faith in the Word of God, and faith only comes by the Word of God. It doesn't come by your opinion or your philosophy. And Jesus said, by your, your, your traditions, you make the Word of God of no effect. And so, uh, you know, I don't want philosophy. I want the Word of God that's sharper than any two-edged sword. And I can't, I want to build my, my, my faith on, and, my, and not just my faith, but my life, on the Word of God. And so sometimes, you know, I don't post a lot of Facebook stuff as I used to, and I'm trying to get back into that slowly, but I'm always asking every morning, Lord, give me a scripture to encourage our, encourage those who will, you know, people are flipping through Facebook. Give me someone, give me a scripture. It can be a thought, but I want a scripture to support it so I can encourage people. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world and Facebook right now with our our government, you know. But I, in the midst of all the climate that we find ourselves in, I want to use the Word of God to encourage. <coughs> you know, David, there have been many times Israel, the disciples, the apostles went through difficult times with their governments, with the Roman government, with religious leaders and, and, and so forth. Uh, Daniel was in, under some wicked uh, leadership, uh, whatnot. And I, the Word of God can encourage us. You know, the Psalms, the Psalms are full of it. You know, yeah, I don't like what's going on in our world, but David says, "Don't fret when the when the, it looks like the the wicked is prospering." You know, I want to use Scripture, to, and so I can meditate on the Scripture. I don't want to meditate on the the so-called news. I want to meditate on the Word of God. I want to magnify the Lord. I want, you know, uh, Wigglesworth uh, would not even allow the newspaper in his, ho his home. We don't watch the news. We don't, we don't even have cable. We watch movies that we choose to watch that we feel are wholesome and good. But we, 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 we don't watch the news. You know, I can get the main headlines just flipping to Facebook, and most of that's not even news, but the, the, the news today is not even news, <laughs> you know? But I can find out some of the major things going on, you know, as, as far as the major headlines. I, I can get enough. 
you know, um, but at the same point in time, Wigglesworth would not allow a newspaper in his home. And uh, he didn't read it, he, he didn't listen to it. You know, <coughs> in the parable of the sower, in Mark's uh, addition, uh, uh, account, and also Luke, I forget who says it which way, but at the end of the parable of the sower, Jesus said, take heed what you hear, and take heed how you hear. What you are listening to will determine what seed is sowing in your mind. Your mind is the garden of your heart. And, you know, there's certain, you know, we talked about meditating God's word, but there are some other things that some of us meditate all the time. We worry about the doctor's report. We're worrying about what the things going on in the earth. I'm concerned, yes. I don't like the things going on there, but there's a difference between being concerned about it and being worried about it. Almost every sickness, every disease stems from worry, stress, anxiety. You know, I want to. I don't want to meditate on the things going on in the earth and the world. I want to meditate on the Word of God. How the, I, I want. I don't want to meditate on the problem. I want to meditate on the solution, and that's God's Word and His Spirit. Anything, Cherry? Um, I just wanted to share a verse, and I'm sorry I'm taking so long to find it. It was hard with one hand uh, holding up the dog, but um, I want to say, oops, that's Proverbs. I'm going to say it's John 6. I, I want to not just quote, quote it. Um, oh, that's the wrong one. Uh, there's a verse where G Jesus is talking to his disciples and I wish I found it faster to, to read it to you guys. But he, if I remember right, Jesus is uh, asking his disciples, and I hope this is the right story, um, he, uh, people had, had left following after Jesus and he asked his disciples, you know, how come you're not leaving too? And their response is, where else would we go? You're the one with the words of life. And, you know, it, Jesus in, in John 1, he is referred to as the living word, as the word of God uh be, be, became alive and I mean who where where else would we go where else would you go or, or Dave or I go if we didn't have God who, who else has the words of life for us to live this life to to be a light to this ungodly world to you know for us in all of us in the things that we suffer and go through and and struggle with i mean who who else can we go to that can can help us it's in uh, john 6 68 but simon peter answered him lord to whom shall we go you have the words of eternal life okay i was in the right chapter just the wrong verse but I mean, th that's all that we and, and Andrew are trying to get across. Where else can we go except to Jesus, except to the Word of God? And so, anyway, um, did we finish the chapter? I can't remember. Uh, no, we have one more section. Okay.
Whenever I emphasize how important and powerful God's Word is, people always come back to me and say, I've studied the Bible, I've read the Word. In fact, I've read the Bible all the way through and it hasn't done what you described for me. To have the Word be effective in your life, you must do what Proverbs 4 says, which is to attend to God's words and incline your ear. The phrase, incline thine ear, isn't telling you to change the position of your head. It's talking about listening with your heart. It's speaking of focus and commitment. You must listen to God's word with your heart, not just your head. Place a high priority and value on the word of God. Start taking each one of these words as being a direct word from God to you and tend to it. Incline your ear to it. Then you'll start getting the results I'm describing. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they, God's words, are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Proverbs 4, 20-22 God's word is life. No matter how grave the situation you're in, God's word is life and health to all your flesh. No, I just I like that, and uh, uh, I just can't get enough out of that. We need to be attentive and incline our ear to God's word. We need to listen not just with our ears, but with our heart. And that needs to be a priority. That needs to be a lifestyle. You know, it needs to be. You know, and it will never be a priority if it's not something we value. It's not something we trust. You know, I can teach it to you. We can teach it to you. We can read it to you. We can share stories. But you have to make the choice. This is this is important to me. This is something I value. <clears throat> I mean, even if we come in a point in this country where uh, the, Bi- the literal Bible is banned, I can still hide his word in my heart that I might not sin against him. I can still hide his word in my heart. You can't take that away. It's there. Someone tries to come to me and, and you know, I had someone on Facebook uh, a few weeks ago. He was like, you need, you need to consider changing your theology about, I forget what he was talking about, but I'm just like, you're too late, dude. <laughs> you're too late. I'm, I'm grounded. I'm established in what I believe. I'm not talking about every doctrine that way, but I, I know uh, I'm saved. I know I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I, I'm established regarding healing and, and, and other topics. Why? Because I've had, I've inclined my ear. I've been attentive to what he says, and I know what he says. And you're not going to convince me otherwise on certain main uh, topics regarding the gospel. You know, and just uh, you're just too late. Am I willing to listen and be taught? Absolutely. Do I know everything? No. But you know, I just you're not going to get me going down some. Some rabbit hole that's not the truth. And now I, I say that, but there have been times where I was sharp too, and then I put the Word of God down for a season. I didn't necessarily mean to, I just got busy and sidetracked and went discouraged sometimes or whatnot. And then in those seasons where I just kind of shelved the Word of God, I wasn't as sharp. I kind of I lost my cutting edge. I couldn't quote scriptures like this. But I, all I had to do is get back into the fire, get back into to, uh, into God's word, and scripture just came back. And and uh, you know, I don't know all scriptures. I mean, right now I was able to look one up, but uh, uh, for Sherry. But at the same point in time, you know, I don't know memorize all scripture, but I, I've known it enough. 
I mean, we both knew knew it enough that we knew it was John chapter six. You know, John chapter six is a long, is a long chapter, so there's a lot of verses. But at the same point in time, you know, uh, we just we just knew it. And it's not me. I'm not looking so much quote it for word for word. I don't want to miss a key word, but I want to hear the truth of God's word. Uh, you know, Jesus said in John chapter eight. He's talking about you shall be my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The truth won't set you free unless you know it. You have to know it for the truth to have the ability to set you free. The truth just sitting on the shelf can't set you free. You have to plant his God's words in your heart. And then Andrew <coughs> continued in Proverbs chapter 4, and we find it again. He says, we read the first part earlier. My son, attend to, to to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from thy eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they, God's words, are life unto them who find them. And health to all their flesh. God's word is healthy. And do not have a regular diet of God's word is not healthy. It's not maturity. You know... You can tell when we haven't watered the grass in a while because it starts turning brown. There's some people, because they're on some strange diets, I can tell they they can they haven't eaten in a while, it looks like. They need to put some some, some meat on those bones. And I understand some people are too too fat. I could lose some weight myself. But at the same point in time, there's some people that are just way too thin. You know, you can tell. And, uh, you know, you can't grow... An, our puppy can't grow, uh, a plant can't grow, us as humans can't grow when, you know, if we're not eating. And one of the first signs that someone is on their deathbed is that they, they can't hold down food anymore. They, they don't eat anymore. Same thing with an animal. You can tell they just won't eat anymore. <coughs> Excuse me. But... We need to have a healthy diet of God's word. We need to incline and, and take it seriously. We need to honor and value it. Uh, not just religiously, but in a relationship. You know, if, if you're struggling with, well, I read it, but it doesn't stick, or I read it, but it doesn't mean anything to me, then I encourage you to read it over and over and over again until it does stick. You know, I'm a little different than Andrew. I do like to read uh, as a hobby, um, not as much as when I was younger, um, but I am also a little particular about what I read, and I, I really enjoy Christian authors who bring the gospel out uh, in their books. And there was a story I read recently, a book I read recently about someone who didn't have a relationship with God. And he had a, a conversation with a pastor friend. And he was like, but, you know, I just, I don't, I don't get it. And so the, the pastor friend said, well, you know, I, I'm obviously paraphrasing from the author. He's like, D don't knock it until you read it. And he encouraged, because the, the, the unsaved guy was reading from Genesis through the whole book. And he's like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. And he said, well, you know, the pastor friend, normally you when you open a book, you read from the beginning to the end. But the Bible is a little different. 
So I encourage you to read the Gospels first. And so this gentleman, you know, he didn't really want a relationship with God, but all of his closest friends had a relationship with God, so he knew something was missing. So he started reading the Gospels, and he kept reading them over and over and over again until certain things hit him. And yes, I granted this was a character in a, in a fiction book, but this character, he kept getting caught on certain things like, why did Jesus go to the cross? You know, he was persecuted by all these people. You know, why, why did he go to the cross? And that arrested him. He, he really attended to God's word and, wait a minute, why would Jesus, a good man, choose to go to the cross and that that's what that saved him in, in this story but you know i've struggled with that i'm i'll just be honest if you've seen the movie up i am like the dog that says squirrel and i'm off on some other tangent in my mind and so when i read the word of god i get sidetracked by so many things what helps me best is Right now I'm in Philippians and I might read a portion of it or even all of it depending on the time frame I, I have to to be in the, the word of God for that, that moment. Uh, but I will just read it over and over and over again until something sticks out. And then I take that and I talk to God about it. I dwell on it. I meditate on it. And I... You know, it, it's such a, a life changer when you can not just gloss over it and like, well, I read the Bible, you know, that's cool, but I didn't get anything out of it. God's not talking to me. Well, our mindset does need to change and we need to come up with different tricks of the trade, so to speak, of what works best for you to get God's word in us. You know, Dave's father uh, growing up, he, he condemned himself for not being a reader and, and not being in God's word. But yet, the Holy Spirit used Dave to just leave one verse for Dave's dad to read. And that lit a flame in Dave's dad to desire the word of God and to be in the word of God. And that helped him. It doesn't matter how much. You don't have to read a whole book or a whole chapter. You know, sometimes... It's helpful to understand context so we don't take a, a text wrong. But, you know, to if, if just, just to start somewhere, you know, take a verse and chew on it and meditate on it, read it over and over and over again and, until it comes to life. You know, reading plans are good in a way because they, they get you in the habit of being in God's Word. But if you're not understanding or you're not grasping it, nothing's like really uh, hitting your heart, then you might need to rethink your reading plan and come up with, with one that works like that story I shared about the guy who came to the Lord by starting with the Gospels. You know, we, we need to start somewhere. Or a devotional where you're... We're just reading a section or a verse for the day. Right. You know, just, and, just chewing on it. Andrew has a devotional book. It, it's, uh, gosh, I have it on my shelf, but I can't remember the title of it. I don't, I don't know if it's 365 devotion, like 
for the days of the year, what it's called, but Andrew has a devotional and he has the scripture, but then he shares a little blurb about it. When it's someone like Andrew that I can trust to bring out God's word, you know, that's the place to start. I would encourage you more to be in this every day than reading someone's thoughts, but a trusted Bible teacher, you know, that that's a place to start. Yeah, well, they can kind of take, it's kind of like a parent cutting up the steak for the child so they can eat it in bite-sized pieces. That's sometimes a good place to start, you know, but you want to get to a point where you can get weaned off being dependent on a teacher and being here for yourself. That doesn't mean just because you're weaned off a teacher you shouldn't still be taught. You know, you, the moment you stop teach, being teachable, you stop growing. We all should be teachable. But at the same point in time, uh, sometimes we need some help to begin to get started. We just recently watched again the movie Overcomer, which is a wonderful, awesome Christian movie. I highly recommend it. But what has gotten me every single time we've watched it is this young girl. I want to say she's 14-ish. She's in high school. Um, she that she she's going to a Christian school, and the principal actually leads her to the Lord. And they have a wonderful conversation. And the principal asks this girl, so who are you? And she's like, I don't know how to answer that. And so the principal suggested, why don't you read the first three chapters of Ephesians and just dwell on it. And anywhere it says what God, who God says you are, think on it. I can't remember if she told her to write it down or how she explained it. Uh, but, you know, Ephesians chapter 1 is one of my favorite chapters, but I like it that the principal encouraged her, you know, whoever God says you are, start there, you know, and I encourage, you know, all of you, all of us uh, to, you know, to start somewhere, you know, find out who we are in Christ. It's wonderful when we realize who Jesus is and that he does have the word of life and he is the Christ, the son of God, as Peter and the disciples found out. You know, that is the foundation. Jesus Christ is our foundation and we do have to start there, but we also need to know who we are in Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, I think we're about out of time. Uh, where are we at? Yeah, 6.54, so we're out of time. I don't want to get in Chapter 4 yet. Uh, we'll wait till next week. Uh, chapter 4 is titled Transformed. We're transformed by the renewing of our mind. And we'll talk about that next week. So anyway, we do invite you to uh, join us on Wednesday night as we continue our new, new Bible study on the Believer's Authority by the same author, Andrew Womack. And then uh, we'll start that. I uh, will be doing that at 7 o'clock on Wednesday night. And then uh, our Sunday morning service, we're still talking about knowing the Holy Spirit. All right. Well, without further ado, let me just pray us out. Lord, we just worship you. We magnify you. Lord, I pray that you teach us all, even those of us who've been walking with you for years. Teach us to fall in love with your word again. Teach us to incline our ear to your word again. Teach us to love your word and hide your word in our heart again. And that we prioritize your word above everything else, all the other words in this in society that will, uh, come to us. Lord, teach us to hide your word in our heart. 
Lord, we worship you, we magnify you, and we, we glorify your holy name. Amen, amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you Wednesday.